somebody you haven't said hello to and say hello to them. Hello. Hello. <laughs> oh, mercy. Hey, good morning. Welcome to Bueller MB. I'm so glad you could join us today. A nice, sunshiny, kind of crisp, but kind of fun to have it be so sunny and a reminder of God's goodness in so many ways. My name's Kurt. Uh, I'm the pastor here, and I'm so glad to have that role. You know, ordinarily, there's a guy standing here with me. And one thing I really like about Dustin, he's a really positive guy. But the reason he's not here today is he's a really positive guy. You know what? The fact is, there's a lot of really positive people in our church these days. <sighs> and I'm weary of it. <laughs> and I know that even if you're not a particularly positive person, there's still stuff going around. So let's keep praying that God would continue to heal our land. Amen? Uh, but anyway, um, just wanted to mention that. Hey, uh, Ricky, let's put the mission and vision on the screen. So... I know we're still working out some of the bugs on what this will look like, uh, but I wanted to take opportunity today, as much as ever, that if you have something to share, and it, it can be specifically about the mission and vision, here's how you're living it out or you've seen it lived out, 
But if you had something you just wanted to share, so we're talking in leadership, in the elders, to talk about, you know, we, we're, uh, it's important for a church to kind of know who they are. And knew it. So uh, we feel like we're a pretty tight group, small church, smallish church, right? And so we think it's appropriate that if there's stuff that comes up and you would like your church family to know about, and you haven't had a chance to share it on a card that I can talk, or whatever, you know, you can let me know and I'd be glad to do that. But... Again, we're, we're stumbling through this a little bit, but if, if there's something you want to share, I want you to start in the weeks ahead to feel free to share it. Even if we start taking a few minutes here and there for this, it's okay. Are we communicating, church? Okay. So, uh, I'm not going to walk all the way back there because look how far that is. Just kidding. <laughs> if you want, if, if there's somebody that... I will a little bit. So, uh, mission or vision or something church is up to... And uh, for those of you online, I'll try to repeat stuff, but that's what the mic's for, too. A couple of weeks ago, we had a representative from a place called Freedom Gates, which is a boys' ranch down near Hazleton. And uh, they came to our Bible study here, the men's Bible study, and uh, kind of told us all about that. And as he was talking about it, it uh, just was amazing how God has been using that place or how God really wants to do things there. They had a, a situation in which they ran out of meat and so they asked the boys to pray for uh, some meat. And that day he got several phone calls. <laughs> People saying, I got this whole truckload of meat I need to bring over to you. And another one said, I just uh, emptied my freezer and I need to bring it over and anyway, Three times, three calls later, <laughs> he said, okay, stop praying for meat and start praying for freezers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's just one example of how God is using the place. And uh, so if you think about it, put it in your prayers, uh, Freedom Gates, it's just a boy's ranch, and uh, they're doing really good work. Dale, that was awesome. I'm so glad you shared that. What a great story. Um, and that's the kind of thing we want to encourage each other with. So, you know, I know I love, I love stories like that. I haven't had enough of that in my life where I actually straight up prayed for something and God said, boom. That is really cool. I like that a lot. So, what, anybody else today? I know, and we're... And we're praying for positive people. <laughs> hey, got to be light. Okay. All right. Well, keep it in mind when God's moving, when God's working, we want to share it together and we want to be able to celebrate with you. In the meantime, uh, there's some stuff I want to keep you up to date on. If you have your bulletin, you can check it out now. Uh, we're in swing regardless of what's going on around us uh so we will have regular activities this wednesday the meal is on um youth groups jam prayer gathering everything regular stuff for wednesday uh again no reason to back off on my approach to say if you haven't tried some of these things give it a try we'd love to have you join us for the prayer gathering if you have a kid who hasn't been a part of jam you need to do that if you got a youth student absolutely all of that and come join us for a meal this wednesday um 
There's a couple other announcements. I'll just direct you to the bulletin. I won't take a ton of time on all this. Just remember what we've been talking about. Um, uh, yeah, there's stuff in here that you should know. So don't forget to um, check it out. Uh, Renee, where are you? There you are, way over there. So um, Renee and I were talking, and we were talking about the kids' ministry a little bit. And... Uh, you know, that's all I'm going to say. You can set it up the rest of the way. So uh, I'm so glad to have you share with us. Welcome and good morning. Good morning. We've also done, um, during the Sunday school time, we have also taken the vision statement and we've been talking downstairs about how, how the kids down there can learn to love God. And we changed a little bit and said, love each other and how we can tell others. And the kids, I'm we have a great bunch of kids, just saying. It has just been so encouraging to listen to some of the kids, how they tell other kids in school and, and sit and pray with them at school. We've had a couple that have shared about how they've talked to others and, um, and how, how the kids can love each other. Um, specifically, you know, just learning how to love each other as, as believers and as a church. And there's some really sweet spirits as well in, in the kids down there. And so the, the main one is, is how to, can we love God? And, you know, the Sunday school answer is read your Bible and pray. And, and so it's like, well, let's put feet to that. And so throughout the year, um, I found a, um, I don't know, not a curriculum, but a, a thing that was um, called write a verse a day. And so each month there were different um, things each month. There was a, a theme, joy, love, peace, self-control, patience, um, 12 different themes, and we asked the kids to write the verse. Some of the kids couldn't read or write yet, so I said, what, have your parents, talk to your parents and have them tell you this, you know, the, read you the verse. And so we had some, some younger ones that even took part by reading, reading the verse with their parent. And so each week, if they had done verses during the week, we had a treat. So 52 treats times however many kids. So we had a little treat. So that many kids wrote verses a week. Some wrote several verse, several months, um, like did a whole month worth of verses. But we had one particular gal, come on up, Kimberly. She wrote every, okay, so it wasn't always a verse a day, right? Sometimes it kind of got behind a little bit. You had to write two verses a day, maybe three, maybe more. I don't know, but anyway. But Kimberly wrote every verse of the, of the, the year. So 365 verses she wrote. So didn't, isn't that amazing? I mean, right? Yeah. So... <laughs> So I was just so encouraged that, that Kimberly was able to write the verses. I mean, and, and it was like, okay, if you didn't get them all done, it's okay. Let's just try. Let's get started. But anyway, I just wanted you to know that we have a bunch of great kids. And I just wanted to recognize Kimberly that, that she and her mom got the verses written, all of them, for, throughout the year. So good job, Kimberly. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You know what? We haven't done this in such a long time. Oh, this is totally appropriate. We haven't done this in such a long time. Kimber did 365 verses. Ready? Hip, hip. Hooray! Hip, hip. Hooray! Hip, hip. 
Way to go, Kimber. That's awesome. Is that, is that it? That's it. Okay. Thank you for sharing, Renee, so much. And Kimber, way to go. Um, I'm overwhelmed just thinking about that. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, good for you. Um, and uh, a couple of things I wanted to share going on in our church family. Uh, first of all, Phyllis had her surgery. Hi, Jan. So the surgery went pretty well, but she's in a lot of pain. So let's pray for Phyllis that um, uh, she would be alleviated of her pain. And then if you need anything, uh, if you're, you're curious if she could use anything, talk to Jennifer maybe today. That'd be very, very kind of you. Uh, Van Heikotter continues with her uh, cancer journey, chemo and all that. I think she's actually doing okay. I want to bring up Jeanette again. Uh, you know, so... Jeanette has been in the hospital for a very long time, and she's been on a roller coaster, and uh, I talked to them on the phone Thursday, and it seemed to be a little bit of an upbeat, but then between then and today, talking with uh, others of you, and I got a text. So she's struggling again. Her wound uh, is getting better, but uh, the ultimate effect has been some kidney issues, and so they're, they're dealing with that. Here's the real deal, you guys. Here, here's the thing, and here's where we need to practice being church. Um, they're both, Jean and Jeanette are both discouraged. Duh. So I want to encourage you, first of all, don't forget to keep praying for Jean as well. This has been a hard journey for him to be on. Uh, standing alongside. And I want to say, um, if, if there were something, you know, even if some of us that had the time and freedom could wander up to Wichita and maybe go see Jeanette, that's a thing. It is a thing. I know in, in pandemic, we're not sure. But um, I want to encourage you that that might be something that would encourage them a little bit, just if you can. And I'll, I'll do the same. Uh, but I just wanted to keep you aware of that, that this has been a long journey for the Krenzens, and I just don't want us to let them slip off the radar. Fair enough? Uh, there's probably some other things going on again, not trying to be quite so glib and trite with uh, um, sick issues, but let's keep praying for each other as well, even if it's not particularly uh, positive COVID cases, there's still stuff going around, and, and uh, as you can see, we're a little thin again today, so let's pray for our community, that we would all feel better, and what that looks like, stay healthy. But in the meantime, I'm so glad you're here. We're here to worship together, and that's a very good thing. So I want to invite you to stand as we prepare to uh, lift our hearts and our voices up in worship. Let's, uh, let's pray together. God, we are so mindful of your presence with us. You are the uh, indescribable, uncontainable God of the universe, and we count it a privilege to be in your presence. God, I pray that as we have gathered here, you would bless our time together. God, we know that you'll be present with us, but we pray that we would uh, really experience you today as we've gathered here. God, I pray that you would bless us as we worship. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. 
trumpet sound oh may i then in him be found dressed in his righteousness alone faultless stand before the throne christ Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of all. From Psalms 18. The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be God my Savior. He is a God who avenges me who subdues nations under me, who saves me from my enemies. You exalted me above my foes. From a violent man you rescued me. Therefore, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing the praise of your name. my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet my Savior
team for leading us so well. We appreciate that a lot. Thank you. <clears throat> hey, good morning. <laughs> Again, um, really glad to be together. I'm pretty excited about um, where we're headed for many weeks into the future here, as you can see from that, but uh, almost neglected to, um... <laughs> no, never mind that. Uh, it's been uh, um, distracting on these football weekends to try to get my sermons figured out on Saturdays, and just for the record, this is the part I forgot to give you a hard time. For all of you Chiefs fans out there, just watch out. It's a spoil. It's an upset sort of weekend, but uh, you know, it's all good. I both games yesterday, oh my goodness, right? And I'm trying to get ready for a sermon today. So, but uh, that's all silliness. Uh, really excited about this. If I didn't make that clear when we talked a couple weeks ago and last week, so we're, we're launching today on our series on Acts. And I'm calling it Acts for Us. 
because we want to look at this really important book of the Bible and we want to say, how does it speak to us today? And it's uh, terribly important. Um, a couple of sort of disclaimers as we launch today because I, I don't know... Um, you know, we've, we've gotten to know each other now over, I'm working on three years, three years in April, so it's not quite three, and you're all getting used to me, and I'm getting used to you. Um, there are, when I think about trying to perfect the craft, which, as a younger man, I was really quite passionate about. I would go to speaking conventions and talk to, you know, and read books and whatever, and then you get to some point and say, I'm kind of just who I am. But I don't want to be that way too much, so I'm trying to be open to different approaches and different sort of, uh, a little bit of a different style here and there. Generally, you guys all know what to expect when you come on Sundays. This is pretty much how Kurt approaches things, right? Um, today, the disclaimer is, uh, in an introduction like this that I think is really important, it's important for us, we're going to do a pretty in-depth book study it's important for us to have some idea about uh, some introductory things about it because I think it will only put us on the right path for these weeks ahead when we take the smaller sections and some wonderful, really great stuff we're going to get to. Um, I think it's important to take the time to say, well, what, what's with this book and who wrote it? And uh, so, so we're going to do that today. Uh, this is going to come across in Kurt's scheme of things, much more cognitive and intellectual than is my default. You know, you hear me say it all the time, and I, uh, I, I, I like to think it's classic self-deprecating humor. But I know there's a lot of smarter people in the world than me, and I choose to use their stuff to help us when we, right? But today, what you're going to see is it's going to seem a lot more intellectual than uh, perhaps um, inspirational motivation. We're going to get to all that. Today is sort of the, um, uh, if you're a note taker, you could take a lot of notes today, and there won't be a test. And you're so glad, you know. But it's that sort of day, and uh, again, trying to say, I know there are different learning styles. There are some people that really grab onto that, and a lot of us are more right-brained and creative and storytellers, you know, whatever. So I'm going to try to expand my horizons in an effort to expand all of our horizons. Yippee-yay-yay. So here we go today. Uh, again, I really do believe it is, it is important for us to know what we're getting into before we actually get into the book for uh, the in-depth look that I want us to have in the book of Acts. So today, uh, as we do an introduction, Acts for us, we are always still asking ourselves, what does Acts have to do with us? What does it have to do with me? But today, um, we will be doing some uh, basics. And I'm going to suggest, hopefully, it's the significant basics. So when you ask yourself, what about this book? And in some ways, uh, even little tiny books in the Bible, you might ask yourself a lot of these same questions. What's it about? What's it in the Bible for? That's really what we're saying. Why is it included in God's word, right? So we want to, it, it, it's good stuff. So we will be looking at the significant basics of the book of Acts this morning as we do our introduction. So I don't know, there's probably no right or wrong way to uh, really jump in, so I'll just, my particular approach you'll see as it develops today, very basic outlines, uh, not a lot on the screens today, but if you are a note taker, I promise you won't be disappointed. <laughs> so, first of all, let's talk about the author of the book of Acts. You know that in a lot of 
New Testament books, especially, you know, the Apostle Paul wrote a ton of them, and he would say, Paul, a servant of Christ to the church at Ephesus, to the believers in Galatia, whatever, you know, right? Um, this is not the case with the book of Acts. The reality is there's no mention of authorship. Now, fortunately for us, uh, tradition and scholarship and all sorts of things have made it really, really quite accepted. There's hardly anyone that would refute the idea that a guy named Luke wrote the book of Acts. Now, here's the really cool part about this. Uh, through its um, style, its structure, the language, how the writing, you know, again, guys smarter than me that recognize these things, there's another book in the Bible that was written so much like it, it must be by the same author, and it is true, and we do accept this as reality, uh, and that is, of course, the Gospel of Luke. So, long story short, of which some people could wax much more eloquently, and I'll try to hit the middle and not put us all to sleep at the beginning of the sermon. <laughs> uh, it's important for us to understand, with the book of Acts, it is a two-volume work. Uh, it is part of a two-volume work that is supposed to be unified. So, uh, the book of Luke and the book of Acts go together as one piece. And here's further how we know, uh, if you look, and, and there will be less and less reasons today to actually look at passages, but if you have your Bible, you could sure have it open to the book of Acts, and if you have a study Bible, you could read all this stuff before I say it, because, you know, they're good resources, but here's what Luke chapter 1 says at the very beginning, many have undertaken to draw upon an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Luke's saying, look, uh, there's a lot of talk and buzz about this, and, and a lot of people are writing it down, uh, witnesses and whatnot, and he says, with this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you've been taught. So the author of that gospel addresses a person named Theophilus. And he says, I want to give you an orderly account of what's going on with this guy named Jesus. And then we get through, and, and, and it, 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 I really debated, not very long, because it would have made the series even longer than it's going to be, uh, I debated saying, should we start with Luke and then blast into Acts? So we're going to trust that a lot of us remember a lot of the gospel message and story, okay? But here was uh, the author of this gospel writing to this Theophilus, and so we fast forward to Acts chapter 1, and what does he say? In my former book, the very first verse of Acts, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up into heaven, and I'm going to stop there because he launches right into a narrative, into a story, and I want to save that for next week. So here's where we see who the author is, and it, is so, it, it just seems so clear. Between writing styles, between uh, things that people can notice on his approach to writing this, but then he's actually addressing both of these works to a guy named Theophilus. The name Theophilus means one who loves God. And I would have said not that many years ago, which all of a sudden is more years ago than I realized when I was sitting in seminary classrooms, uh, there was the idea that maybe Theophilus, one who loves God, was sort of symbolic. 
And it was a letter, uh, you know, a work, not really a letter, but a piece for the world. And uh, I'm not sure I understand this, but everybody is, uh, the current scholarly sort of approach says, no, Theophilus was probably really a person. And maybe he was even some sort of patriarch, no, patron, there's the word, a patron, and maybe he was either, uh, you know, he was bankrolling the project, hey, I want someone to find out about this Jesus guy and this whole movement, or maybe he was the guy that Luke said, I want you to help me get this word out, I'm going to write to this guy named Theophilus, and I hope we can spread this, and that any of those could be possibilities. Uh, here's what we know about Luke. Um, you quickly, if I asked you, how many of you think you know what Luke's job was? What do you think? He was a doctor, right? Yeah. Now, guess what? We don't get that from the book of Luke or the book of Acts. We know that when we compare the whole works of the Bible, that Luke was a companion of Paul's. And then we see in other works when Paul says, our good friend Luke, the doctor... And so, again, uh, the scholarship, the research, the looking into all of this seems to point to indicate he was a physician. He, he hung out with Paul because, and even in Acts, we're going to see in some of these narratives, he says, we, when he's talking about Paul, or the, you know, he says, we did this marvelous stuff, eyewitness account. So he's right on it. Uh, he was probably, again, some conjecture, some good research, some good scholarship. He was probably educated, probably a little more higher class so that he could get this word out that was so important for him to write about. He's writing about, you know, really important stuff, and if he was going to get word out, he would have to be a little bit more influential and probably a little wealthier. Uh, probably a Gentile Christian, not a Jew, from what we can gather from all the things we'll look at and what we could say about both of it, this, this unified work. He was a Gentile Christian. Maybe he's really versed in Jewish things, so he may have been a convert to Judaism, but clearly a believer, and probably, uh, not probably, more than likely, a Gentile from everything else we know about him. So here's a guy that had a lot, you know, going for him, uh, and took on this task. Some of the things we might call him historian, apologist, theologian, um, those are all true, but none of them really tell the whole story, but that is very much uh, what we understand to be the author of the book of Acts is a guy named Luke that traveled around with, with Paul and knew a lot of insider stuff. Now there are some interesting, what I'm calling characteristic markers in the book. Did I mention the cognitive part today? Okay, just making sure. Okay. So uh, it is, it, it's, it's really positive thing, a, a, a good thing that we can see this in this author, in this guy Luke, when we think about the book of Acts, and again the whole work, I'll generally agree to get, uh, I mean, uh, when I say that it's sort of Luke-Acts, we can study it all together, but anyway, accurate details, that is one of the markers of this work, there are accurate details, there's all kinds of people, it's like in the book of Acts alone, it's like 30 years that he covers of history, and there are accurate details, there's people, circumstance, all sorts of things, and generally speaking, other researchers, other historians, other lookers into this sort of thing would say, yeah, we don't have any reason to believe he's right on it, he's accurate and detailed in his approach to this account. Um, there's literary excellence. Uh, he's got a varied style, how he uses language. I think for us, the thing to remember is if we had 
somebody who is about the writer of a, you know, no offense to any sophomore in high school, but say you're a, your writing skill was only about the level of a sophomore in high school, it wouldn't carry the weight and it wouldn't be, you know, it would be under a lot of critique. He has um, literary excellence and it's also then, uh, one of the other markers is dramatic description, that the details and the language are just what we're going to see in Acts especially, they're just marvelous. And again, uh, the, the respect that that brings to the work. And uh, one, of, one of those dramatic descriptions we'll see along the way is his use of speeches. And uh, in, in your groups today, if you just uh, sort of brainstorm a little stories you remember anticipating the weeks ahead, uh, there's, it's not untypical then, I, I don't want to... I don't want to spoil anything, even though there's a lot of stories we've all heard, you know, but then so-and-so opened his mouth and spoke to the crowd, you know, uh, really strong, dramatic effect, and, and, and Luke uses that well. Uh, and apparently, uh, what we need to remember is, even though he's a believer and, and um, could could have a bias, it's really quite an objective account. Um, the details are accurate, like I said a second ago, but he's not afraid to include positive and negative, good and bad, neg failures and successes. You see it all in the book of Acts. So those markers are important for us to remember because it gives credence to uh, the respect that the, the work should, should um, really have. Uh, it's noteworthy for us to remember, you know, there were there are four Gospels telling the Jesus story, his life, death, resurrection, terribly important stuff. There's four in our Bible, right? There's one history of the church, the book of Acts. There's one. Uh, and we might ponder that. Why would there be only one story, one account, one work that develops the Christian movement. It's an interesting idea for us to ponder. Uh, here's what, uh, along the way, I'm going to say his name once because I love it. This guy's name is Eckerd Schnabel. Everybody say Schnabel, don't really, I'm just kidding. He's a commentator that I have latched onto with some recommendation. Here's what he says for us to, uh, again, on the introduction day. The book of Acts is a narrative about recent historical events in the movement of the followers of Jesus and about major leaders of the Christian movement who carried the news about Jesus, Israel's Messiah and Savior, to other regions of the Mediterranean world. Let me, let me just hit the high. It's a narrative about recent historical events, and it's about Jesus, the movement of, uh, and, and this movement. Acts is a bio biographical history of important developments in earliest Christianity. Luke Acts, the two-volume work, is a historical report about Jesus and his followers. Uh, the title that sort of our modern Bibles and some of your Bibles may still recognize, uh, uh, acknowledge this, it was called the Acts of the Apostles at points in history. Um, with that in mind of what I just read, and we talk about what this is really going on in the two-part two work, um, you know, that might be a better title, Jesus and His Followers, or on, you know, a look at Jesus and His Followers. Um, he also suggest the two-part work could be on the matters concerning Jesus, 
So uh, the idea that the, the Acts of the Apostles is a little misleading in that it, you know, it doesn't talk about all the apostles and it's really talking about the work of Jesus. So uh, uh, Tim Mackey from the Bible Project suggests the title of Acts should be the Acts of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So you can see if your Bible still says Acts of the Apostles, that's okay. But when you really, when, as we will see in the weeks ahead, to see how it's the spreading of the movement, the spreading of the message. Uh, now, you know, just because I want to I, I try to impress you that I can do this sort of thing, we can talk about the date for about 30 seconds. <laughs> if we're going to get into the weeds, we might as well get into all of them, yep. So um, if you're interested in this sort of thing, it is actually an interesting discussion. There was some suggestion that maybe it was written as late as 80 to 90 AD. That's, okay, real quick, just to remind you of a couple of important things, or, or the most important thing. Uh, the, the temple in Jerusalem, when Jerusalem fell, was around 70 AD, right? It was burned and desecrated. as a terrible thing. Um, uh, <laughs> again, not get into all the weeds. Uh, the idea is, I think what we're coming up with now is to say, I think it's probably better to date the book before 70 AD because um, uh, Luke doesn't make any reference to the fall of Jerusalem. He doesn't mention the temple being destroyed. Now, he did write in Luke, the, you know, the prophecy, and Luke and Matthew both, Luke and Matthew or Luke and Mark, oh shoot, not sure which, they definitely allude to the temple's destruction. And so there's some, like, maybe that was why we could do a later date. But anyway, I think it's best probably to date it before the fall of Jerusalem. And at the end of Acts, we see so much of Paul's life, but we don't see his end. It ends, not to spoil things, but with a trial that we really don't know how it turns out. And so I'm inclined to agree with a lot of these smarty pants guys that, we, that I think Luke probably had some reason for stopping when he did and it was probably written before the fall of Jerusalem, maybe even before Paul died in, in the ideas around Paul dying around 62, maybe 61, 62, I think. Okay, so there's the date. Uh, again, all that, that it, why that would be important is just to see the context in which it was written in the original time and, lang uh, the original time and place. Okay, there you go. A little bit of date uh, for those of you that are... Now, here's, here's what we're really here for, right? Th this has to be why we're here. To talk about the purpose of Acts. And you can already see some of that. Uh, uh, let me re remind you of some of those. Um, and, and again, I want to uh, just remind you of what, without reading it verbatim, what Luke 1 said. Well, I'll read some of it. You know, so Luke says, I, wanna, uh, I want to write for you an orderly account uh, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you've been taught. That's what he says in Luke 1. I, I, I want to be really methodical and structured and careful and, and diligent. All these things we could say. So he had a reason. So there is a part of this that we would say the purpose of Acts is to present a history. Sure, there is a part to present a history. And uh, further... Um, to give a defense or an argument for Christ. That's built in there, the, the apologetic part, there, an argument or a defense of Christianity, of Jesus himself. Um, but also then to provide a guide for the church. To provide a guide for the church. Here is the early movement and how the church was birthed and how it developed and how it, how it functioned and so I think that's an important thing for us to remember it provides a guide for us and that's that begins to be 
towards the top of the list why I want us to look at it. It provides a guide for us. We'll get to more of that in a minute. Um, and in some ways, it also depicts the triumph of Christianity in the face of persecution. So it could have been, just make this clear that this work is saying, look, there were a lot of people, a lot of forces working against this movement of God, but look how it triumphed and persevered. So, you know, uh, Luke, I mean, sorry, Acts is an explanation of the origins of Christianity. If the first part, the gospel, told about the man himself, his ministry, and what it really meant for him to be Messiah, Savior, King, Lord, all of those things, this is going on to say, how did that then start to pan out in the world that he left, that he ascended from? And that's what's going to be the first story next week. Um, so uh, it is some of those functional sort of human things, but I would hate to neglect the idea that Acts is also written, it's also written to help lead people to faith in Jesus, to salvation in Jesus. There is an evangelistic part of Acts that we don't want to neglect, and we will definitely be trying to remember that along the way. So there is an inspira you know, an, uh, uh, inspirational again. It's also uh, pretty clear that there's a part of Acts that is, can be used to strengthen faith of believers. Again, something we won't neglect. We will absolutely be looking at that. How does this strengthen my faith? I've trusted Jesus. I've followed Jesus for years. What can this do for me? And Acts has a lot to say about that. And then, uh, again, uh, again, overlaps, a little bit of repeats. To give assurance for what Christians believe. You know, I've been, I'm not sure about some of this. I think I get, you know, Acts is an assurance, an encouragement to say, look, this is true. This is real. This is the thing. So all of that comes into play when we think about the purpose of Acts. So it's, it's, it's a history. It's, a, it's, it's telling the stories of history, but it also has so much more purpose. And uh, I want to read again from my friend Schnabel uh, a couple of things for us when we think about purpose that we don't want to miss. Uh, here's one of the big themes. I don't think it's, it, it's big, but um, Luke... He says, Luke assures Gentiles who had converted to faith in Jesus as Messiah and Savior that being a Gentile in a Jewish movement was part of God's plan. Let me, let me try again. So Luke wants to assure all the Gentiles, guess what, gang? That's you and me. Unless there's somebody here that I, and I'm trying to look, somebody may have a Jewish background, but, but we're all Gentiles. And this plan was a Jewish plan for the world. And in some ways, Acts reminds us to say, and that was all God's plan. So I know it's really Jewish-centric, but this was his plan that you guys, non-Jews, are also very much included in what it means to trust and follow the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. So I, I think that message, that purpose for the book, we don't want to miss at all. But, but here's where I think most guys like me, and all that means in this case is pastors, guys that get up and speak on Sundays, uh, a major emphasis, my buddy Schnabel says, a major emphasis of Acts is the mission of the church, whose leaders are obedient to the divine commission, excuse me, charging them to take the gospel to cities and to region in which the name of Jesus, Messiah and Savior, has not yet been proclaimed. That is absolutely, in my opinion, the biggest thing about Acts. 
Acts is telling us how we can live on mission for what God has called us to. Now, I knew today we wouldn't, it wouldn't be verse or scripture centric per se. But what we don't want to miss the, uh, a verse in the first chapter of Acts that is really important. As Jesus was getting ready to leave them up into the ascent to heaven, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You remember that in Matthew chapter 28, when Jesus was getting ready to leave. So that's when Matthew had his ascension story. And here's what Jesus says in Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. So the Great Commission, this is the way Luke writes it for G from Jesus' own words. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, here's the really cool part about this. Uh, that one little phrase, you will be my witnesses, is a little bit of a map of Acts. Because what we're going to see is there's a section where the ministry is focused in Jerusalem. And then we're going to see a section where they go into outer Judea and even into Samaria. And then we're going to see by the end of Acts that Paul himself is trying to symbolically and literally both, but get to the ends of the earth as he travels to Rome. So I want you to watch for that. That's a fun little map, pun intended, uh, a, a, pun, a fun little uh, outline of the book of Acts that we will see the movement, the Jesus followers, the church, the Christian movement go from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It'd be an interesting question in your groups today if you're doing the sermon questions to talk about what is our Judea and Samaria? What, what does it look like for me? What does it look like for us as a church? Because that's really what I want us to get, you know, I really want us to get to. Because I, I intentionally made the, the title Acts for us and what does that look like and and i i want to make sure i answer that if you uh, I, I realize my approach to cognitive intellectual sort of speeches sermons uh can be a little disjointed along the way but i hope that gives you a picture what acts we have coming in acts it is the story of the christian movement from its inception and it, is, it can be historical, like a history book, but it also, uh, I would really want to say, uh, I want it to be inspirational and motivational for us. Because I really, really want us to understand what the mission is and how we can live in it. So you remember, I'm a pretty big fan of Mission Impossible. And uh, not even just the movies with Tom Cruise, even though they're a lot of fun and pretty cool. Uh, I remember the old show when I was little, Peter Graves. Remember what the catchphrase was? Your mission, should you choose to accept it? Church, we're going to see our mission. 
And it's going to be up to each of us to decide if we really want to accept it. Talk about it ever since I've been here. Uh, whichever teams did a great job of coming up with a mission and vision for our church. We talk about it every week. That's our mission. Should you choose to accept it? And so in the weeks ahead, and I've mentioned it's going to be a lot of weeks, I'm hoping I can convince you that we should all accept the mission. So I hope you look with, I hope you look with anticipation and expectation. Uh, there's some other good reasons for us to look at the book of Acts. It, it sort of plays into my strengths. It plays into my wheelhouse. The, the elders reminded me as we kind of look back on the year or even before to say, yeah, you're, you're the narrative guy. You're the story guy. Yeah, yeah, I am. And so we're going to see some really, really fun, cool stories in Acts. We really are. And it's gonna, they're going to be powerful. And we're going to remember those. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to revel in telling them. But we're also going to try to understand mixed in with those stories is deep spiritual truths and again I'm hoping that we will find direction motivation and inspiration for what it means for us as individuals for us as families for us as Bueller MB to live on mission now full disclosure uh, there are church guys all over the place and if you have kids or family members or whatever in some hip happening church some metro area or somewhere else or whatever uh, they talk about living on mission and i it's fine that it's a buzzword i don't want it to just be a buzzword i want us to know what it really means to live on mission we want to go from our jerusalem to our judea samaria to the ends of the earth we want to be his witnesses to what Jesus has done for us. So I'm hoping that it is very inspirational and motivational. And more than anything, I haven't said this lately, but my hope for all of us, and, and this is such a duh, but we've got to keep challenging each other and can keep saying it to each other. We want to go deeper spiritually and we want to know Jesus better and better. I don't care if you follow Jesus for a month or 50 years it's a lifelong process of going deeper and knowing Jesus better and better and I'm excited about this book I think it will do that if we just open our hearts and our minds up to what he has for us and we will really know what it means to live on mission so I hope you come along with this journey remember we're gonna we're gonna dip in and out of it whenever you see I'll go back to the beginning here just for fun Whenever you see this when I get up, you know that we're going to do acts that day. That's our logo. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll do other things. Other things will, you know, need to slip in there. But when we get to this, you'll know we're talking about acts and what it means to see the origins of the Christian movement and what it means for us to live on mission. Let's pray. God, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for today. Uh, God, I pray as we embark on this journey together, even if uh, there's probably so many people in this room that have looked at Acts before, God, I pray that we'd all look at it with fresh eyes and that we would really know what it meant for uh, the message of, of Jesus, the message of uh, a resurrected Savior, of defeating sin and death. Uh, and how that spread, God, that we would really take that to heart and know what that means for us today. God, I pray more than ever that we would be open to your leading and we would know what it means as a church to live on mission. 
So I pray to that end, and I pray, God, that you would bless our look into the book of Acts, and you would show us what it means for us each time we look. God, I'm so thankful for this church and for their generosity. God, I pray that as we part company this morning that you would bless uh, the giver and the gift for any that would bring their tithes and offerings today. I pray that you would bless uh, both of those, God. God, as we have made clear, we are a needy, uh, needy bunch of people, and there's so much going on, especially physically, God. There's illness rampant these days. So, God, we do pray again that you would uh, not only heal our land, but heal those needs that we are aware of, God. I pray that you'd keep, remind us of those things and keep them in front of us, that we could keep them before you. So I pray, God, that you would act and intervene mightily in many ways. But God, again, I'm thankful for today, for the chance to be in worship, to spend some time in community and to hear your word, God. I pray that you would be with us even uh, the rest of this day and this week. We love you, and I pray everything in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, usual stuff. Uh, the receptacles, the buckets are on the way out. If you want to drop an offering or tithe in, we appreciate that a lot. And if you have a concern, something to communicate with, prayer cards in the, in the uh, hymnal racks, you can sure drop one of those in as well. Group start at 11. I'm going to keep encouraging you. If you haven't been a part of a group, great time to start is always now. And uh, otherwise, um, let's keep praying for each other. Go Chiefs.